Front office, please hold. Are you kidding me? Damn right. Who do you think you are? I am. And welcome to another episode of <laughs> Front Office Podcast. <laughs> that did not do the best bowling reaction justice in any way, shape, or form. In any sport, for that matter, that oh was the God. best reaction. That was not doing it justice. Well, you know what, man? Next time you can do it, you can do it justice. But um, again, I've been seeing that everywhere for the last week, and I cannot get enough of watching that idiot. Bowler strike. Weber, who's a professional bowler, and he gets jacked up because he rolls a strike. Like you should be fucking doing that every time you throw it down the alley, you idiot. <laughs> well, hang on a second there. That was the U.S. Open Championship, five-time U.S. Open champion Pete Weber. That's amazing. Anyways, what a great way to to start off the show. Um, again, we're uh, we're nine episodes in here, guys. This is uh, quite the run that we're that we're starting. So, um, again, to everybody tuning in, welcome to the Front Office Podcast. Uh, Kyle, Kev, and Jet are all back to uh, fill you with knowledge for another week. So, um, last week we uh, we had a little chat about quarterbacks and where we predict, you know, predicted them to land. And again, a big thanks to our pal Dominic Davis for stopping by and chatting a little bit about uh, what goes into making a good quarterback and, you know, explaining to us his unique and uh, excellent story from, from, you know, from his time starting football to where he is now. Um, so again, this week we have got a fantastic episode. It is another installment of our favorite Front office film critics. Guys, how excited are you? Yeah. <laughs> still not even certain how this thing's still going on. <laughs> it oh. stinks. It stinks. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So offline, Kevin and I made our weird weekly wager last week, and we bet on the UFC uh, main event. Uh, so, Kev? We each guessed around of uh, when the fight would end. We were both wrong. We went to the decision. Um, so we have pushed it to this week. So we're going to start off, and we're going to stick with the UFC theme because I feel that it's only appropriate. So huge card coming up this weekend. Um, we've got three championship fights. So I think what we're going to do for the wager, Kevin, is we're going to bet on all three fights, and the winner is going um, you know, to... Uh, to have a different uh, a different name for the episode next week. So basically what we did was, if I win, Kevin has to refer to me as Sidewinder for the entire show. And if Kevin wins, I will refer to him as Maverick, uh, which I think is a great bet. And I think we should do that every week, regardless of if we're betting or not. Um, I mean, despite the bet, I think we refer to each other as this all the time. Uh, but... <laughs> Sidewinder? Are we are we saying that's an airplane name, or are you going with your ability to pitch a baseball? Both. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I actually like to pitch a baseball out of a plane. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's that. You know what? That's probably going to be something to see, and I hope to see it one day. <laughs> well, once we get big enough, and we can afford our own airplane, then we'll do all kinds of crazy shit. So once we um, get sponsored by the. Royal Canadian Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we want we want to really you know do do something with them. Um, yeah. Obviously, shout out to all the men and women on the front lines, but I don't think that they would be too uh, too excited for all the goofy stuff that we'd be doing with their airplanes. Also, a shout out to the men and women that are on like the back lines. Like I'm talking about yeah. the administrative assistants, all them peeps too. They got a role to play. Sure. The people on the back lines never get a shout out. So Kev loves all of you people on the back lines. Keep doing you, everybody. Um, so back to our <laughs> How else did the front line get mail. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> who, who brings them their water when they're thirsty? Um, I'm important. I'm a people person. <laughs> I make sure that things are moving. <laughs> what would you say you do here? <laughs> 
Uh, I get the mail to the guy who brings the mail to the next guy who ships the mail to the front lines. I keep things moving. Damn it, what don't you understand about that? I'm people person. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, that's Office Space, one of the greatest comedies uh, ever made. Um, all right, so Kev, back to our weird weekly wager. So this weekend, again, like I said, three title fights. We've got the yep. bantamweight championship between uh, champion Peter Yan against the challenger Aljamain Serling. We have the women's yep. featherweight champion with the dual champ Amanda Nunez um, fighting Megan Anderson. And yes. we have the light heavyweight championship, which is a uh, you know champion versus champion fight with the light heavyweight champ Jan Blakovich versus the absolutely incredible. Israel Adesanya, who's moving up as middleweight champion to take on Mr. Blakovich in the light heavyweight division. So, Kevin, we have three yep. fights to choose from. Yep. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you your choice of any fight, and you're going to pick first. Okay. And then we will go from there. I will pick the first fight for the second. And then, Jet, you can decide who gets the first pick for the third fight. Okay. All right. So, Kevin, okay. I'm giving you your choice of the three fights. Which one Ladies first, go with Nunez. All right, Amanda Nunez is on the board for Kevin. So I am with the Australian sensation, Megan Anderson. I do not like my chances there, but... <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you giving me first choice. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I've always got to root for the underdog. Um, well, I am going to have to go um with the light heavyweight belt the main event of the evening and uh i'm going to go with the aforementioned uh, israel adesanya um again ha uber talented have not seen a guy fight the way that he fights uh yet and again i don't see even as, with as much power as blakovich has I, I don't see him being able to connect with adesanya with uh, with the speed he'll bring to the table so put it on the board adesanya and Kev, you have the Polish power. What do you mean you don't? You don't respect the <laughs> Polish power? Oh, I re I respect it. I the legend respect No, it. no, sorry. As Bl as Blachowicz would say, the legendary Polish power. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the Polish fighter that was all covered in tats? But Christoph, like as his career Christoph got Sosinski. Yeah, as his career got better, the tattoos got filled in. He was a Polish. Like, he's just like when he first started, it was like the stenciling outline yeah. of flames around his chest. <laughs> He looked like a vampire. He did. He looked like actually no, actually you know what? He looked like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to him though. Wasn't he the main bad guy in uh, Here Comes the Boom? He the was. James he was. Movie? Well done, sir. You know yeah, what? Front office, front office film critic future right there. We'll we'll definitely. Oh, I, that I one. love that movie. Yeah. Well, because you starred in it. Well, I'm just gonna say I think he's a handsome man. I think Kevin James is a handsome man. Very, very congenial demeanor, too. I like him. Like him. No, we'll, uh, we'll definitely break that one down in the future. All right, so Jet, you have the tiebreaker here. So who gets the first pick for Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling, Bantamweight Championship? I will give it to Keys because you, because Kev, you got like the sure shot <laughs> yeah. on, on the card. Okay. You know, I would have actually just said, Kyle, you pick anyways, because I definitely picked. I get that, mainly because I think Nunez might beat up Adesanya. But <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's hard to you know, go against that. She is absolutely phenomenal. I wouldn't want to fight her. I, like I wouldn't want to fight anyone for that matter. But if I had to pick anyone, it's not going to be her. No, um, you definitely want to go fight a guy like Spencer Jones. <laughs> I'd fight Stipe before I fought Nunez. Just to throw that out there, I'm going to fight a heavyweight, probably arguably the best one ever. Yeah, as opposed to her. That's because Stipe would hit you, and then he'd kind of stop. And Nunez would be like, "Why are you even here? This is my time. This is my time." Punching you and like yeah, she talks shit to you as she was punching you. Oh yeah, it would be personally degrading throughout, and not and not because I would I would be losing to someone much smaller in stature than me, but because she would make fun of things that would personally hurt me. Like she'd make fun of a mole she found on my back <laughs> while she was choking me out. You need like, to why you have that mole? Why you have that mole? You need to go to get that checked out by doctor. 
Oh, I'm so happy. How many different her. accents did we just do? I think just one, and it just came from all three of our mouths, and it sounded the same. <laughs> are we even recording? Like, is this this episode? Are we on episode nine yet? Oh, we're Have good. we started? We're good. We're on eight and a half. I don't, I don't know, Kev. Check the website. <laughs> check the website, Kev. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kyle, put our choices up on the website just in case okay. I forget. Yeah, I'll put it up on the website right now. Um, Back check. <laughs> Okay, so for the Bantamweight Championship, I'm going to go um, with uh, Aljamain Sterling to, uh, to beat Peter Yan. Oh, I was going to make that pick. And I thought I was going to get away with that one and pick him. Ooh, ooh. Hey. Spicy. Okay. Yeah, so Kev, you have Peter Yan, the reigning Bantamweight champion. So All right. we are set. The weekly weird wager. What's, so it's what is it the Sidewinder and Maverick is that the yeah, bet? Kyle okay. Sidewinder and Maverick. Yeah. So you get to Jet, be Bosley. Yeah. <laughs> except you can be Bosley. Except <laughs> for you, you get to be Bosley. Yeah. So Jet, you can jump in on that next week too if you if you so choose. I could jump in on what? You can jump in on that calling me Sidewinder and Kev Maverick if you want. I will definitely do that. <laughs> Perfect. Sorry, I okay. got to interrupt. Disney Plus is Family Guy, Futurama. On it I know. Now. I saw that. And you know what? Because they're, they're buying all the uh, the old Fox stuff, right? And they've got a lot of the old movies from like Touchstone. And I watched Gone in 60 Seconds on Disney Plus. Oh, sick. Why am I Great watching movie. Sandlot right yeah. now? Great well, Because movie. we might have something to do with the Sandlot in the show. That's why you're oh, watching. Edit that part out or put it up on the website. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on, so, so fellas, moving on with the show, um, again, looking at a lot of the different things that are going on in sports right now, there's a few different topics that, uh, that I was debating on whether to bring up or not, and one of them just kept coming back because it's just such an incredible record to have. Today is the anniversary of Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game for the Philadelphia 76ers. That's crazy. So, again, imagine how that would just go viral in two seconds today if someone's yeah. in a game yeah that's crazy teams have trouble scoring 100 points in a game yeah <laughs> that so i still think the better stat is that his body count is higher than that point total <laughs> i want to be honest much with higher you, than that point total much the, higher. Minute, the minute kyle started to talk about the record of Wilt Chamberlain, I feel like all of us were thinking yeah. what you said. I was thinking <laughs> what I was like, saying. That's not the only study. <laughs> That's not the only record he's got. Okay, here's a here's a question. Mo, 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 who has a higher body count, Wilt Chamberlain or James Bond? I mean, well, I mean, Wilt Chamberlain hasn't killed too many people. How many people did he kill in the Bond movies? What? <laughs> Or no, Bruce Lee movies. Will Chamberlain was in a Bruce Lee movie. No, no, you, 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 you know what I'm saying? Body count. I'm saying urban oh, speak, right? I mess up. Urban speak. Urban speak. Yeah, I know what Body you're referring count. to, Jesper. Um, and the movie you're, you're thinking of, Kev, is Conan the Barbarian. That's Will Chamberlain. Yes. Yes. You were, were, you were thinking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You are. In Bruce Lee. I got confused for a second. Enter the oh, barrier. that's racist. I think it's more being ignorant of basketball players than it is racist. <laughs> but you could be Bosley. <laughs> well, you got uh, yeah, so anyways, no one's ever going to do that again. You know, like, the, no. there's some records that you are never going to be broken, and that is absolutely one that will never be broken. I'm sorry. Uh, no Kyle one. Lowry came close the other day. Did he? How many did he score? Yeah, 50 points short. <laughs> and that was his best game. That was his best game in his history, as well as Toronto Raptors franchise history for a single. You know who the closest person score. was to get to 100 points? Black Mamba. Bryant. How many Against our beloved Toronto Raptors. Yeah. During, during, during the dark era. We all saw that. Oh, man. Oh, man. What was it, 83? 84. 84. Good. That's insane in itself as well, though. 
does everyone else remember that? Like, I feel everyone got a text or at least or heard something to turn on that game and watch it if you weren't watching it, just well, to think, catch the end. I think you had to. Yeah. But I feel like it was, a, it, like, I almost feel like Kobe's was more impressive because simply based on the fact that when he, was, he wasn't a was foot playing, taller than the other stats. Exactly. He was a foot taller than everyone. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, all right, so what you're going to do here is you're going to throw the ball to Wilt, and he's going to just put it in there under the basket. And Wilt was filled with another basket down the peach hole. Incredible. That was great. <laughs> For any of you that don't know, Kyle uh, actually acts in a uh, peach basket basketball league recreation society. Yeah, so uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually the Nelly's common... Smith's Nellies, yeah. and... Yeah. Uh, they, they reenact the great Kansas State game from uh, 1904. London Silly Nannies. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah. Amazing. But anyways, uh, again, incredible record. And, you know, obviously he's got a few other untouchable records that, uh, that, people, won't, um, <laughs> that people won't be able to accomplish in their careers. But, again, 100 points in a game, impressive regardless of, of who you are and, and what you think of, of the sport of basketball. Um, Maybe we can get a picture of Wilt up on the website as well as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, so I'm actually going to put them side by side so that way people know the difference. And uh, Kevin, you're oh going to have God, to play. Do. We're going to play a game next week, actually, Kev. We'll do Wilt or Kareem, and we'll name off different statistics from their career. We'll see how well you know Milt, Wilt and Kareem. Maybe throw in a Bruce Lee just to get me, uh, get sure. me thinking. Keep me on yeah, my toes. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> bit of Kato for you. Oh my god. You know what? This podcast is essentially robot chicken for adults. I mean <laughs> that was I kind of the, that and I have Teletoon. That was kind of the it's gonna be on Disney Plus soon, don't worry. Um they're gonna have Disney, have Disney Plus Disney Plus after dark. Um <laughs> oh, wow oh that's god. a throwback. Teletoon after dark duckman followed by <laughs> Duck robot chicken. <laughs> Oh my God! Amazing. Cartoons that have profanity in them are—they're they're untouched. You, you can't—you can't watch anything better than cartoons. Can I give profanity. a sidebar? You can edit this out later, but so Disney. I'm not editing out shit. Cool. Any anything you say is going going live. Canon will be used against you in a court of law. <laughs> uh, well, there goes my political career. Um, I I put on Disney Plus the other day, and uh, I was under my account, which is the adult one, because I can watch movies on it, and, and my kids can't watch certain movies. Anyways, I didn't realize that Disney had gotten a bunch of these rated R shows, and there's some show called Space Oddities, so it looked like a bunch of space aliens, and Everett's like, can I watch that? So I put it on, and it's like a minute into it, and I'm playing on the on the side with Lincoln, and all I hear is, what are you fucking aliens doing here? And then I just paused for a second, and every one of us looked at each other. And I'm like, "All right, we're gonna change it." And then I, I compromised, and I put on Futurama because there's aliens. But I feel yeah. like it was primetime Fox, so they couldn't swear. Dear, oh, <laughs> dear amazing. Disney Plus, <laughs> Kevin Kelly here. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, and this is why my political career will never take form. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll get you a good campaign manager, and we'll uh, we'll take you right to the top, Kev. We're gonna make yeah, a. Sure he's not a fucking alien. <laughs> that should be your slogan. <laughs> I think that's the Conservative Party slogan. <laughs> All right, moving along here before we start going. Let's not get into this. Okay, so this is a perfect segue into our next segment. show here, folks. Yeah, so, Kev, while I got you all fired up and uh, and ready to go here. Let's go into another installment of Grinding Beans. Grinding Beans. So, Kev, what has your beans ground today? Oh, God. Don't get me started. Well, first of all, your impression of Pete Weber is really grinding my beans. But uh, I'm going to say what I think everyone is saying after the type of week we've had. Um, you know, you got... Uh, issues with vaccines and COVID. You had schools opening up all over the states. We had a school shooting at one of the schools that opened. So I'm going to get into something deep and dark, something that's really angered a lot of people. What the hell was J.J. Watt thinking signing with Arizona? <laughs> I, I want to be legitimate and say for the first 
real feel of free agency, even though it's not really free agency here. Okay, even it's not the same feel that we're supposed to get for free agency. JJ Watt gets released by the Texans in and of itself was kind of a, a, a chapter change in the history of the NFL and certainly in the story of a Hall of Famer like J.J. Watt. And he signs with Arizona. You know, they made the joke last year when Tom Brady went to sign with Tampa Bay because Florida is the place that people retire to and die in. And Tom Brady proved every, <laughs> everyone wrong by retiring to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl. So what did J.J. Watt do? He's thinking to do the same thing. What's another place with a dry heat that lots of old people like to go and live at in a affordable uh, retirement living community? J.J. Watt goes to Arizona. Hawaii, and I really emphasize the H in that Y. Hawaii. Hawaii. He teased us all. There are so many other teams that would have been a better fit. There are so many other teams that he would have been competitive in. And I heard something today while he was clearly going for the money. Are we, are we kidding ourselves here? Any other team would have been willing to pay that kind of money for J.J. Watt. Okay, He's going to sell enough jerseys in your souvenir shop the minute he signs. He's a player that people love. He's, he's not a polarizing player. And he's going to immediately cause um, you know, teams to have to plan around him. He's going to make any defense he goes to exponentially better. And he goes to Arizona, a team that may be on the outside looking in, maybe, right? We, we can all say that. I think we talked about him a little bit, right? But he's leaving Houston and he's going to Arizona. That's kind of like, well, not this year. That's kind of like leaving the Jets to go to the Browns, Odell, right? Or the Giants to the Browns, Odell. Like that's... Yeah. That to yeah. me in and of itself is a waste of change. I think JJ Watt teased us all and really let us down. Uh, you know, but saying all that, I really hope it works out for him. I don't. I'm a Niners fan. <laughs> <laughs> we have enough problems with porn star Jimmy. We don't need JJ Watt freaking destroying him. You know what? I think Jet has enough propaganda on here between Jimmy Garoppolo and D Ford that is just going to oh set off set God. off alarms everywhere around San Francisco and Oakland. <laughs> they need to they need to dress for the preseason and then quit. And then quit. That's good. So you just have to pay him to not play. That's what you want. Dead gun. <laughs> Where's Bill O'Brien when you need him to get a trade for a ham sandwich? <laughs> Jet, that, that thing you sent me earlier today with Russell Wilson's reaction to all of those guys in the in the NFC West on the defensive line was perfect. Um, so, again, so now you've got three of the top ten pass rushers in the NFL in the same division, two of which are now on the same team. Yep. So, Again, Kev, to your point, I I definitely didn't see him signing in a place like Arizona. I, I thought that, you know, he was either going to go take a cheap deal and sign with Pittsburgh to play with his brothers, or I thought he was going to a team like Cleveland or Buffalo that was going to give him the best chance to win with a young roster. Yep. Um, so, again, you look at Arizona, you know, one thing that can't be overlooked, living in warm weather, man. I was about to say, man. Living in warm weather. There's yeah. something about that. Isn't he that from uh, Wisconsin? He's from Wisconsin, but he's lived in Houston for the last nine years. So yeah. and the minute it got cold in Houston, you moved to Arizona. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, you know, you look at what at what they do, and you know, he released a text today that he sent to Kyler Murray, and he said, "The reason why I signed here is because I believe that much in you." So. You look at what Arizona is able to do on offense. They, they can put up points. They can light up a scoreboard. They've yeah. got all the weapons that they need on the offensive side of the ball. That they you got from at, the Texans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, the, the uh, Arizona Cardinals are pretty happy the Houston Texans exist. Houston is the gift that keeps on giving in Arizona. Have, have you guys seen the, the, the meme – it's from SpongeBob SquarePants, where the guy's looking through the grill, I, and then he's, oh my I, god, I he's posted, like, I yeah, he's like Watson, Watson looking at Arizona right now, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. and JJ Watt. 
Oh, well, if you followed our website, Jethro, you would have seen that. Um, oh, that's right. That must have been where I saw it. <laughs> yeah, what's the it's frontofficepodcast.org. Everyone go to it. Backslash backslash Kev Grinding Beans, front front slash Jethro constantly improving. Um yeah, get it up on the sem- Twitch stream. Se- semicolon um creep thoughts. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but anyways you, you look at what their defense was was kind of lacking and that was a leader right they they lost a lot of their their leadership when tyron matthew left they still had patrick peterson back there but you can't sign a guy or draft a guy like a jj watt just any time of the day you know getting getting a guy like him in there that one is a franchise altering defensive player still at this point in his career Matching him up on a defensive line that has a guy who has the most sacks in the NFL over the last five years with Chandler Jones. And I don't know if you guys have seen how big Chandler Jones is. J.J. Watt's a massive human being. He stood next to Chandler Jones today, and he looked average. Yep. Chandler Jones is a big dude. That family's freakish, man. Yeah, so you've got two of the top ten pass rushers in the game who can each play three or four positions along the defensive line. So have fun. Vance Joseph, you know, scheming up that defense with those guys. Now they have the opportunity to re-sign a guy like Hassan Reddick, who last year, you know, came out of his shell and had a, a breakout sack campaign. You can have one of the best pass rushes in the league. You add that with an Isaiah Simmons, who they drafted last year, a linebacker who runs a 4-3. You add that to a Buddha Baker, who's one of the best safeties in the league. Buddha. Buddha. All of a sudden you've got a very formidable defense just with one signing. And now you've got the leadership with JJ Watt in there to motivate guys around it because no one works harder than that guy. So again, I didn't see it happening. I didn't get it at the time, but the more and more I've had to digest it over the course of the day, I understand it. And I think that Arizona could potentially be a, a, a dark horse Super Bowl pick next year. So, And I get that Kyle, but it's kind of like in the NHL, if like a team like, well, they're not around anymore, but the Hartford Whalers gets first overall pick. Like no one's happy about that. Like Connor McDavid going to a non-Canadian team, going to a, like the Florida Panthers, if they had been able to draft Connor McDavid or the Buffalo Sabres for that matter, right? Like those are the, the that's how I feel about Arizona. And like, sorry to anyone that's a Cardinals fan, but God, what, why you know what? Them? Look at, Buffalo was in the dumps forever. Now, all of a sudden, they're relevant. Cleveland was in the dumps forever. Now, all of a sudden, they're relevant. Arizona's seeing that, and there's an opportunity for them to get relevant again. And they have to compete in that division, man. The NFC West is an absolute gauntlet. So, San Fran's coming back with a vengeance next year. You know, the Rams are going to be in a good position again, you know, if they can figure out their cap issues. And Seattle's always going to compete as long as they have a guy like Russell Wilson. So, that's a great division, and Arizona just got that much better. So, if you want to, this became fun to watch. I'll tell this you that. became extremely fun to watch. So, yeah. I have two questions for you. Do you think number one that they they re, with that signing, do they still have the capital to resign to to keep Patrick Peterson, who's aging? And number two, um, if you're Russell Wilson. If you tell if you talk to Seattle and you say, listen, you motherfuckers, if you don't draft an offensive lineman in the first round, <laughs> or trade actually, him. yeah, no, they don't have a first rounder. They traded no. away for for Jamal Adams. Well, that's the thing. If you don't draft one early or trade for one or sign one, this is gonna be a long year for me. <laughs> Russell Wilson's going to the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> or the Raiders or the Bears. The Bears. Yeah anywhere but here <laughs> so i'm gonna have a point in my final thought that'll kind of you know talk about what what you just mentioned there but um yeah i i think seattle has their work cut out for them you know to, to build up that offensive line because they got to get better they got to get better in a hurry because these teams aren't dicking around <laughs> they're, they're going out making moves and you know, that's where all the action's happening right now. You know, Matthew Stafford started off the offseason with a big trade over to the Rams, and now this is really the, you know, the big, the first major signing of the offseason going to the Cardinals. So the NFC West is going to be an absolute show uh, next year. But, Kev, again, grinded beans segment never disappoints. It creates for great conversation afterwards. <laughs> all right. That was fantastic, guys. Um, so – 
Jethro, we will move over to the world of physiotherapy, recovery, and rehab with another installment of Constantly Improving. Okay, so for this installment of Constantly Improving, um, I want to talk about our... I want uh, I want to talk about our, uh, well, I'm going to say our, even though I'm a Habs fan, uh, our team from, you know, our town, the Ottawa Senators, mm-hmm. and one of their forwards, uh, Derek Steppen, mm-hmm. uh, is finito for the season due to a shoulder dislocation, a left shoulder dislocation. Now, the reason I want to talk about this is because a lot of people can't tell the difference between a shoulder dislocation and a shoulder separation. Okay. So that's why I figured this would be an interesting topic to talk about. It's a great transition so, from last week too. I don't remember what I said. I was high last week. I don't remember. What, <laughs> was, <laughs> you were talking about torn labor last week. Ah, yes, yes. Oh. So, so um, this is a, a bit of a continuation of that. We're so, never going to make it as, to 10 as, episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so as as we mentioned last week, um, you know, you have you have four rotator cuff muscles that support the shoulder, but you also have the labrum, which is the, the suction cup that keeps the shoulder in place. So, as so for the muscles, you have what's called what we refer to as the sits muscles, which are the supraspinatus, the infraspinatus, the teres minor, and the subscapularis. So those four muscles tend to hold the shoulder in place from a muscular perspective, but then that added suction cup uh, keeps the shoulder in place. So when you, you have labral damage and the suction cup isn't strong enough to keep the shoulder in place, you will get a shoulder dislocation. A shoulder separation is when your AC joint, so the AC joint is when the acromium, so the hook on the outer side of your shoulder blade where it connects with your collarbone and that is the ac joint so when you end up having a gap sometimes you'll even have a bit of a funky step deformity where you'll see some guys like it literally looks like a horn in their shoulder Um, that is a shoulder separation okay versus a dislocation because the shoulder is still in the socket for the separation but um the, the where the the collarbone and the shoulder blade um, meat uh, has now been compromised. It's in varying degrees from one to four. Uh, The higher the number, the worse it is. Um, But in this instant, it is a shoulder dislocation because that suction cup cannot hold the shoulder in. Now, some people can play with a a separated, uh, with a shoulder dislocation or with a torn labrum keys. So, <laughs> but they, they, you really have to have uh, a really str- <laughs> a, you really have to have uh, those four muscles that I mentioned earlier with the sits muscles. They have to be really strong, and you'll even see people play with a brace <clears throat> keys. So, um, and I think we I think we saw JJ Watt play with one last year. I'm not sure, but um, it, it makes sense that uh, Steppen's season is over, especially as a hockey player, because with the amount of contact, reaching with for the puck, falling on the ice, uh, it's not really something that you can easily get away with. Because like, like we said, um, you know, the, the, I forget his name right now, but the DB for, for Tampa was able to play with labral damage. Yeah. Um, but as much as both sports are traumatic, um, I think the the possibility of injuring it is a little bit higher in hockey just because there's so many varying degrees of what you do with your shoulder. Because, I mean, a corner at any given time, like, you know, he may not be as a part of the play. You know what I mean? Whereas a hockey player, you're skating around there. Uh, you have to go into the boards. You have to reach for the puck. Uh, the ice is an unstable surface, so you can fall down. Uh, and that puts you in more of a compromising uh, position. So um, we hope that uh, Mr. Stepan gets better uh, quicker, but he's definitely looking at um, at least a six-month recovery time. That's, that's my guess. Um, and again, who knows what other damage he has in there. But um, that's that's best case scenario that we're looking at right now. All right. 
I like how you subtly uh, cough my name into uh, a lot of your points there. <laughs> you know, it, it it seems like you're you know week after week going after injuries that I've had, so that way we can have. A- <laughs> I'm just um, looking out for you, player. I'm just looking out for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, where where were you back in 2006? Um, yeah. So across from you. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> um. Yeah, so again, a very interesting point that you just made, Jet, about how you know how significant the difference is between a separation and a dislocation. You know, um, obviously, it, it's a pain threshold thing with guys who play with a separation. It's uh, you know, how good is you know the brace you're wearing? Um, you know, how good are the painkillers you're taking? Like, you know, that's that all comes into play when it comes to you know whether you're going to play with an injury or not. With a dislocation, you really can't play. It, it's 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 impossible because you don't have any strength there. Like you're saying, like the shoulder or whatever part of your body is dislocated is not together anymore. So, um, yeah, especially with a with a hockey player, I mean, anytime you have a dislocated shoulder, you you're basically just taking yourself out of the game because you only have one arm and you can't play hockey if you only have one arm. Um, so yeah, that, that'll be a long recovery for uh, for Derek, but. I think Ottawa fans and uh, and their management might be uh, might be happy with that because apparently there's been a little discord between uh, Mr. Stefan and the uh, and the Ottawa Ottawa front office. So um, surprise, so, surprise! <laughs> so they were like friend Eugene. So they were like, oh, a word? He's done for the season? A word? Oh, yeah. oh. yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> Oh, but I will, right. I will say this, joke. I will say this. I've seen, clinically, I have run into patients that have labral damage, and they would sneeze, and their shoulder pops out. So you can imagine uh, being on the ice. Probably yeah. not a good idea. Mine, mine pops out when I sleep. So well, there you go. Yeah. So again, it's not fun, and if you have the opportunity to you know, to go get it fixed and come back properly, which obviously I did not. Um, hence why we have these fun conversations about all my past injuries, you dick. Your shoulder keeps coming out while you sleep. You're not, you're not sleeping right. No. No, that or, shouldn't happen. Or are you? <laughs> ah, I get it. We're Chamberlain giggity, style. Giggity, 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 giggity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. My wife doesn't listen to this. She doesn't care. Um, <laughs> She's like me. I don't listen to the podcast here. In fairness, I will one day. When we get to 100 episodes, I'm going to throw a big party. I'm going to actually listen to one. You listen to all 100 episodes back to back. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick one episode to go rewind, and, and this will yeah. be the one. This one's pretty good. I like it. It is one. pretty good. We're having fun here. <laughs> Speaking of fun, just brown bagging it, eh, fellas? No, just brown bagging it. <laughs> right on, gang. You know, um, the annual pancake breakfast. <laughs> we, we do, do it every year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, speaking of fun, speaking of brown bagging it, we have another installment of Front Office Film Critics. Those of you who can hear me, I'm actually eating a Werther's right now, and it's delicious. Um, what are you, 80 years old? Yeah, I am 80 years old. My shoulder falls <laughs> out in my fucking sleep. Um, oh, I'm getting into the tobacco scene right now. I cannot <laughs> wait to tell you a story. Go on. Go on. So, oh. As we're going to break down another movie, it's another childhood classic that I think all of us have seen at least a dozen times. One of my favorites, we're going to talk about the Sandlot Boys. Nice. So, for those killing of you who me smalls. Yeah, for those of you who haven't <laughs> seen it, you are killing me smalls. You need to go and watch the Sandlot. There's nothing more nostalgic than watching this movie. Um, so the synopsis, quick synopsis: a group of kids play baseball in a Sandlot. New kid moves to town, doesn't know how to play. They take him under their wing, teach him how to play. He becomes one of their crew. Um. They, they play next to a, an old abandoned junkyard with a giant bull massive dog whose nickname is the beast. And there's a story about how he ate a kid one time. And then, you know, an ensuing, you know, event happens that we'll get into. And uh, yeah. So anyways, it brings them closer. They, they grow up together and it's a really coming of age movie, but 
anyways, great movie from, from top to bottom. So the one thing I'll start off with, first of all, there's not going to be as many nitpicking you know, moments of this movie as there were the Mighty Ducks. They'll love it. But the kid who moves to town, <laughs> do you guys see the hat he's wearing at the start? Yes. Of the- <laughs> it's like a grandmother's how, visor. How big is that <laughs> fucking brim on the front of his hat? <laughs> like Pinocchio could wear that shit and lie a hundred times and still have nose coverage with the brim of that hat. Oh, man. Okay. For, okay. This is the part that really gets me about that, too, is the, you know, if you watch it, the, the boy's stepfather wants him to be more athletic. And the stepfather looks like the typical divorced dad that probably makes kids that he coaches in Little League do way too many wind sprints. We've got some points but, on that after. Don't worry. But I just want to point out, how does he let him go to play ball with the friends that he's supposed to go make with that stupid hat on? Like, as a parent <laughs> or even a step-parent, especially one who wants the kid to play baseball, you'd think he'd be looking out for his best interest in terms of making friends. All I'm saying <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can't I can't get over it. I mean, I was watching it last night with uh, with my wife, and you know Kelly's watching, and she's like, "His hat's really big," and I said, "Right? <laughs> like, I'm glad I'm not the only one fucking." And I remember watching it as a kid too, and I'm like, "His hat's massive. Like, <laughs> why is he wearing that?" But, anyways, it, it just bothers me up until the point where they get him a new hat, and that's that's when he becomes legit and part of the crew. They get him a glove, they get him a hat, and and he's ready to go. Um, so maybe Jet, I'll kick it over to you. Is there anything that stood out to you that uh, that was really bothering you about the whole, you know, the whole aspect of the Sandlot? Um, I one of the things that bothered me was when we realized that the guy who got mouth to mouth from the from the uh, lifeguard, they say they ended up getting married. I'm like, yo, hold on a sec. What's yeah. the age difference? <laughs> At least 10 years. At it least 10 right. years. I was like, is that not statutory? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> and, then, and it's kind of weird to see it that way, right? It's usually yeah. an older man with a younger woman. Yeah. This is borderline creepy. Like, his body's too young for him to ever be in any way uh, coveted in a sexual manner by this woman, <sighs> and yet somehow she marries him. And, you know, I, I was actually making that point with, with Kelly again earlier. It's like, You've got this like 16 to 17 year old absolute rocket lifeguard who everyone in town is all over. And out Sydney of the Peppercorn, whole, let's let's get her name right. She has sure, her name. Sure. And out of the whole <laughs> crew of guys on that baseball team, she ends up with the one, the smallest, two, mm-hmm. the youngest looking, and three, the kid who like we talk about Aberman with the Mighty Ducks, the kid who you just want to plant one right in his suck hole the whole time during the movie. Like, yeah, you, you couldn't have went for Benny the Jet. You couldn't have went for, you know, the, um, the pitcher. You couldn't have went for, like, even Ham. Like, any of those... Pitcher's also a Mighty Ducks kid. He is, yeah. So a lot of crossover with that movie, actually. But I think they had all these child actors in, like, a compound back in the 90s. <laughs> Disney did some shady things I know it <laughs> oh man just bring Emilio Estevez out of his uh, out of his hibernation once every two years to make another Mighty Ducks movie <laughs> Ducks oh, fly man. together um, but anyways yeah Jet the that was one are in and the cows are doing circles <laughs> in the pasture <laughs> Ducks fly together okay Kev, you're getting off the rails here again, and that is, again, Mighty Ducks 2, which we will critique at another time. That is on the list. Don't worry, my friend. Again, Jet, something that I was watching, it's like, how like how does that happen? How does that, like, how does that happen? It doesn't. I'm sorry. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> In a real-life scenario, that does not happen. Unless, it, well, the only other way, because they didn't say when they got married, so, listen, he could end up being, hey, he, he could have ended up being a Jeff Bezos. Who knows? So she was like, yo, let me get some of that money. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, because it doesn't make any sense to still, me. Still not worth it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Kev. Yeah. What do you got for us, man? 
<laughs> well, since we started filming this, I've had the sandlot going in the background because I didn't do my homework for the show. <laughs> a couple of things I want to talk about here. One, uh, let's start with the name and why it's called the sandlot. Yeah. What asshole neighborhood lets these kids play on this disgusting baseball? And I, and I get it. Not every neighborhood has money. But the neighborhood who on July 4th closes the street to traffic, yeah. fills it with about $100,000 worth of fireworks, and feeds the neighborhood, probably buys some sod or a little bit of grass seed for these poor kids, so they can at least play yeah. the game of baseball in a properly grassed field. It's awful that these kids have only there to play. And I'm looking at it right now. This looks like the crappiest field ever. And, and anyone who's local would know of um, Cornwall, the city of Cornwall, a great, yeah. great yeah. city of Cornwall. Their football field used to have a baseball diamond at the back corner of it. So if you caught a touchdown, you ended up falling into some crappy gravel from their baseball diamond. I would say Cornwall's got a much nicer field than this one, aside from the fact that there's, you know, a giant bull mastiff that wants to eat children, that parents <laughs> let these kids sneak into this baseball diamond behind this giant dog who apparently has been locked up forever. <laughs> forever. Love that scene. Oh, man. But we'll start with that. So it's called the Sandlot because a bunch of full of themselves adults are drinking and swinging while the kids are all playing in the dangerous <laughs> playground. Just going to throw that out there. And the stepdad is always gone on work. Anyways, um, I want to point that out. So it's pretty disgusting. All it takes couple of adults maybe three four hours on a sunday fix this thing up right then the kids who show up on bikes with matching uniforms even though there's no baseball game to be played that day until they decide to make one yeah why do they got such a nice field why do they got such a nice diamond it looks like it's in the same neighborhood because yeah. none of the kids from the sandlot team which i don't think they have a team name took their bikes there so they walked so these rich kids who live in the same neighborhood apparently have a fully grass field and these poor kids, the rejects of the neighborhood, apparently, have to sit, sit in the sandlot and play. And I don't want to throw any ideas out there, but I really think it's because these kids are kind of marginalized and stigmatized. Take a look at them, right? we got some ethnic minorities in there that are probably being treated poorly because this is the 1960s in the United States. We know this. you got Specs, who looks like he might have some kind of odd body deformity based by the size Wait. of his teeth and his mouth. Squints, yeah, squints, squints. We got the one kid who's who's like the young brother. Um, they say he's younger, but I just I don't think he is. Then you got uh, what's his name, Yaya? Yeah, yeah. Yaya. He just keeps running around saying Yaya all the time. I think he, the reason they play here is they got to keep these kids away from the other kids. That's what they're doing. It's the <laughs> 1960s. They don't believe in integration of anyone. Okay, and they're and they're just taking the outcast of the neighborhood and they're making them play in this dangerous sandlot and possibly one or two gets eaten by a stranger's dog. All, all <laughs> I'm gonna say about the title and what it is. But let's chat about what you were gonna talk about, Kyle. Cause I got some stories and I think it's hilarious. I'm sure you're gonna tell one of them. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you my yeah. puking on a oh my god. Ride. So so I'm glad both of you are doing this with me because this applies to both of you, and I was crying. <laughs> I was watching this scene. So this where they're at, you know, they again they beat the aforementioned rich kids, you know, in in a game. They go out and celebrate after, so they go to the fair. They get their tickets, they're all jacked up, and all of a sudden one of the kids just says, "Wait, I almost forgot." And he whips out a big bag of chew. So for those of you who don't know what chew is, we're referring to chewing tobacco. So the kids all get excited because all their baseball heroes chew tobacco at the time. So they're taking handfuls of this stuff and they're throwing it in and they think that they're, you know, they're the, they're the cat's pajamas, the bee's knees, you know, you know using 60s terms here. So they pile... 1920s, to be honest. <laughs> He's a real Johnny Roger. Um, kids had a great time during Prohibition. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, they, they go on the Tilt-A-Whirl or the Ferris wheel, whatever, whatever ride it was. About halfway through the ride, you notice that a lot of them start getting the queasy look on their face. And just so happens that all of them end up 
vomiting. They were spilling their guts all over the ride, all over the other guests on the, on the ride and on the ground. And they all come off covered in their own vomit. So the reason why this scene in particular stands out to me is because it legitimately <laughs> epitomizes a time that both of you gentlemen were involved in your first venture mm-hmm. into chewing tobacco. So <laughs> whatever, Kyle, we beat the rich kids baseball team that day. Leave us alone. <laughs> so, you know, oh, going man. over to the story that, that I'm going to tell here, we are on our way back from a barbecue and one of our teammates, Matt Edgeworth, you know, love the guy. Him and I decide to go and get a couple of tins of chewing tobacco for the ride back. Everyone in the vehicle decides that they want to partake in chewing tobacco. So we forewarn them and say, whatever you do, only take a little bit and then do not swallow any of the juice. Mm-hmm. So, as I'm saying it, I'm pretty sure Jethro looked at me and said, what? As he swallowed the entire thing of chew in his mouth. Uh, not learning from Jethro's mistake, Kevin has been <laughs> Kevin has been swallowing all of, the, all of the, the juice from the chewing tobacco the entire ride back into the city. Was it not my car that was being driven and I was in the passenger seat too? It was. It was. I honestly remember thinking, well, I don't have a cup to spit in, and I don't want to spit out my window and have it go down the side of my car because it's my car. If it had been one of you other schmoes cars, I would have been happy to spit all down the side of it. But no. So needless to say, we arrive at our destination to uh, to go and get changed and to you know get a couple of more drinks into us. And Needless to say, the feeling hit Mr. Jethro and Mr. Kevin deep inside oh, their yeah. stomachs, and they both proceeded to evacuate their entirety of their innards all over the sidewalk. And one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, because Kevin started <laughs> laughing at Jethro when he was vomiting, and midway through his <laughs> sentence, ended up vomiting twice as hard. Uh, <laughs> oh, shout man. out to our friend Barry Stewart, who would puke at the sight of puke, but never lose step yeah. in his stride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yo, so, was that the same day? Was that the same day I puked in in front of Edgeworth's place too? Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. You, were, you, were, you were puking for like was, six hours after that. Yeah, that was a good night. That was a good night. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? Something I learned. I know you're gonna you're gonna go on with the story, but one thing I learned playing football with you guys, goddamn white boys are crazy, yo. Like, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've oh that I, we are. I don't know how many nights I remember in pieces partying with you guys. <laughs> but I made the mistake of trying to keep up drinking with a dude from Sudbury and one who has DNA from a dude from Verdun. It was just a bad idea. <laughs> well, Dave, if you've ever but... seen our fathers drink, you know that that's not a good idea to try and keep up with, uh, oh, no, with our no, DNA. No, no, no. I want to I point out one of the sad drawbacks of that, of that evening after I had laughed at Jethro and then Karma served me up a <laughs> nice piece of tobacco pie. I want to point out that the very next day I had to drive for, I don't know, I guess five, six hours to upstate New York with my parents in one vehicle. The entire time my face was green. And probably if anyone knows my, my father, Gord Kelly, they know he would never miss on that opportunity to absolutely tease me the entire time. Because I'd say every 10, 20 minutes, my dad would ask me, hey, you want me to stop for some chewing tobacco? For some school, son? How about a little green apple surprise? The entire way. Oh. And uh, I was pretty green in the gills. And I definitely never touched the stuff again. One of the I funniest think I, I don't things think I've ever either. seen. Because, again, I, I couldn't get the warning out before both of you had already done the thing I was oh, telling yeah. you not to do. You could hear us audibly gulp <laughs> as you said, make sure you don't swallow that. Sorry? What was that? Oh, we'll be and- fine. Excuse me, what? Excuse me, what? Yeah. So why would you put it in your mouth? We're not supposed to chew and swallow it. When I chew gum, I naturally drink my own saliva. It produces. It tastes good. So you know, green apple. You know what the difference is? So obviously, this scene brought back a lot of memories and hilarious memories at that. These are kids. Okay. 
These are children yeah. who yeah. one chewing yeah. doing chewing tobacco is obviously horrible, but you know, for kids to do it is one thing. You guys were grown men. <laughs> and, yeah, and you don't have enough we were, to not swallow. We were grown. We were grown men. <laughs> Oddly enough, we were not grown men that day. <laughs> anyway, listen, so so that's listen. I, I got a I got a great Britney Spears in that situation. I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we didn't know better. We didn't know better. Uh, to quote the great Britney Spears, I'm going to say, don't you know that you're toxic? Because that was, I honestly felt like my insides had turned inside out. Now, I got a puke story that involves a Ferris wheel that I'm, I'm happy to share with you. Very quick recap, non-chewing tobacco story. <laughs> I'm 14 years old, group of friends, now integrated with another group of friends that happen to be girls. So we got this commingling of groups of friends that are girls and boys. So naturally, at 14 years old, it's summer, the ex comes to town. If anyone remembers the X in Ottawa, we all decide to spend the day at the X. We all get the ride bracelets for 20 bucks a pop, and we go on every ride that we possibly can. We're in it for about four hours, and then, you know, everyone's kind of pairing off, finding the girl that sort of speaks to them, or rather gives them the time of day. And we all decide to go on a slow ride, a nice little two-person Ferris wheel. It's kind of on an angle. It goes very slow, gives you a nice view of the park. And I've been metal stomaching it, stomaching it the whole day and no issues going on the Gravitron multiple times in a row. No issues whatsoever with throwing up. And uh, obviously no chewing tobacco was involved that day. And uh, I pair up with the girl that decides that she's going to give me a little bit of uh, interest in time. We get on the Ferris wheel together. And I don't know if it was because my body was just go, 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 or the sun was on me all day, or maybe because I had just eaten an entire tray of poutine. Which, nice, by the nice. way, is not the best way to impress a girl, either at fourteen or forty. Jethro would make the difference. I make the difference. Putin is a uh, confectionery in Jethro's world. One hundred percent backpack. But hey, uh, we get on this Ferris wheel. We get on this Ferris wheel. Start going slow, and then all of a sudden, I just start to feel my stomach churn, and I puke everywhere <laughs> and it's not like it's a fast ride it's a slow ride and it's it doesn't hit me until the end of the ride where they're slowly bringing it down if you've ever been on a ferris wheel everyone gets to exit you know one car at a time so we're about three cars away from my turn and of course all my friends can see me uh, and they're waiting for me to get off with the girl that i'm on there with and i just start heaving from about nine feet off the ground <laughs> out the side of my Ferris wheel car to all of my friends and their girl that they have now uh, hooked up with, so to speak, or, or paired off with. And everyone is laughing at me. And you can imagine that once I got off, that poor young girl had to have all her friends console her that she picked the dud <laughs> in front of the litter that day. And I continued to heave my guts up until eventually I had nothing left to puke and uh, I went and ate another protein. Nice. Oh man. So cool. I hate Ferris wheels. I'll go on any other ride, but Ferris wheels suck. So so anyways, I think that scene stuck out to, to all three of us because we all thought of that story immediately when we were watching that. I know we did. Absolutely. Um, but again, now, I have a question. I have a question, Kyle, before 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 we move on. It was that was was the puking on the Ferris wheel like was that a coup de gras? Or like not a coup de gras. Was that an obligatory scene in movies? Because the exact same scene was in Problem Child. So was that a thing? Like put kids on a Ferris wheel, make them puke, and it'll be hilarious. Well, I think the thought of puking in something that spins, anything that spins, is is a novelty, right? Because you never know where it's going to hit. Someone's going to puke, and it's going to land to the left, land to the right. Um, so I mean, I, you know, even going to an episode of The Simpsons when Bart and Lisa are fighting and they're starting to spit at each other on the, on, the, on the spinning dervish and it keeps hitting Millhouse. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that was that was a very common, you know, because again, you look at a lot of these little cheesy comedies that are put out. They're gonna look for any cheap laugh that they can get. And but again, that's something that's really funny to me. Every time I see, you know, especially kids, you see kids puking on a Ferris wheel or a ride of any kind. It's hilarious. So. Kev, I really wish I was there to watch you puking on a Ferris wheel. 
I was worse because everyone got to watch me puke. Like, not even just my friends, like mothers waiting for their children to come down from the Ferris wheel. And there's this goofball 14-year-old puking <laughs> at the dismay of the girl that he's sharing the ride with. That was like the, the little uh, gift text you sent me to the of the guy just <laughs> over himself at the, at the football game. Put it up on the website. People I will. I'll put it up on the website. It's it's gross. It's literally a guy puking chocolate milkshake over <laughs> puking onto his own gut in the slowest fashion but it's almost like a small like it's, it's like those dog bowls that keep a never-ending fountain of water but so just slowly disgusting. trickles over top it's so disgusting i don't even want to talk about it but man it was good because you said it to kevin i just picked you in that guy's <laughs> oh man and everyone's watching and videotaping him in the baseball that's amazing. <laughs> oh man, so good. Um, oh, I've never been that bad. I've always been able to bend forward. No. Anyway, so so back to the sandlot. I mean, those are really the only sticking points to me of, of what you know didn't really sit well with the movie. Other than you, know, Kev, you made a uh, you know um, a reference to it earlier with the dad. You know, he doesn't have a lot of time for the kid. He's kind of disappointed in him because he's not really athletic. You can kind of see it in his face that he just doesn't he doesn't have time for him. Then eventually yeah. it does. So I mean the kid ends up stealing the dad's baseball when they you know they want to play. It's got Babe Ruth's signature on it. They hit it over the fence and now they've got to get it back. And the kids get you know creative in their in their ways to get it back. So um the last point that I'm gonna make is you know. How cool would it be to have James Earl Jones as your neighbor? He just like the wisest, coolest old guy you'd ever meet. And he he's been 70 years old for 70 years. I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) But like like, if you were to go next door and ring the doorbell and James Earl Jones answer the door, like you'd automatically just say, I just want to come in and have you tell me stories while I sip cocoa. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah, exactly. absolutely exactly oh side note on friday coming to america 2 comes out Ooh, fantastic does it have arsenio in it as well arsenio's in it eddie's in it did you just uh, say arsenio did i oh. say arsenio <laughs> <laughs> tomato tomato <laughs> but that's that's more like a tomato rutabaga yeah <laughs> Yeah, Arsenio, Arsenio. What are what are we talking about here? Arsenio, it's Arsenio. The wrong syllable. It's the wrong syllable. You put it in fast. Wrong syllable. Um, <laughs> but anyways, you know, it's such a great movie. I had a lot of fun rewatching it last night. And uh, again, anybody who hasn't seen it, head on over to Disney Plus on the adult stream and uh, and watch Sandlot Unrated because uh, there's some really uh, really dark shit that happens there. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but anyways, guys, that that's the Sandlot. That's our review of the Sandlot. So hopefully you enjoyed great that movie. again. We great uh, movie, great movie. Th- these are really fun to do because again, it, it allows us to watch movies, you know, and and you know, get away from from reality for a bit to relive our childhood. So um, again, we'll be doing this once a month, guys. So um, we'll uh, we'll have some an endless supply of of sports movies to critique and roast and you know, pretty much call out for, you know, either being shit or unrealistic. Um, all right. So as we'll wrap up here, final thoughts. So this is kind of going back to your point, Kevin, the JJ Watt signing and Jet, you talking about Russell Wilson and, you know, things that are leaking out about him right now. Um, the one thing I'm just going to say, because again, you've seen a lot of this happen so far this offseason. You see it happen all the time in sports and Hollywood and anything that involves entertainment of any kind. People are just going to want to believe anything that's, you know, reported. So it's like sources say and reports indicate. I'm of, the, I'm of the belief that you can't really trust anything unless you actually hear it straight from the horse's mouth. So in a case like J.J. Watt, I think you saw him come out a few times pretty angry saying, like, stop reading into shit. I'm not cryptic tweeting anything. And, you know, stop saying that I, you know, I own a Peloton bike and I've indicated that don't own a bike, you know, it, and now Russell Wilson, it's saying, oh, well, you know, he'd be okay being traded to the bears and he'd be okay going here. Has Russell Wilson actually come out and said that? <laughs> Do we know? So, Very good point. you know, at, at one point, Nick Foles was traded to the Chicago bears or sorry, Nick Foles was traded to the, uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles for Carson Wentz. 
Carson Wentz was going to go to the Chicago Bears. It was a done deal. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, hold on a second. Now he's going to Indianapolis. So, again, you see a lot of this with media outlets that are trying to just say, well, you know, so-and-so you know, is believed to be doing this, and this is happening. I heard it from one of my sources. And that's why, you know, you look at what a lot of these things, when, when a lot of these things actually happen, you know, you guys are, you guys love using the word fact-checking. You, you got to make sure that, you know, you're doing your research whenever you're, you know, you're going to buy into something like this. So, especially now that we're going into a time for all these sports fans of free agency and, and football and obviously trading deadline coming up for basketball and hockey, be very careful about any of the news that you're, you know, actually intake and, you know, don't believe everything that you read because 95% of it is absolute bullshit. So just, uh, you know, do your research. Like That's it. my final thought for the week. I like it. I like it too. <laughs> All right. So we've got everything done. Our wager, we got our, our grind, our beans grinded. We constantly improved. We broke down the sand lot. And I think we, uh, I think we got smarter, guys. We, we had a few laughs. This was actually a really fun episode to do. So, um, last uh, last things that uh, we'll mention at the end of every show. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, again, we thank everybody who's listening already, and uh, we we hope that it'll continue to grow week after week. And uh, our local business of the week in our support local campaign, uh, Kev, you are familiar with this establishment as you grew up there. The Blackburn Arms in uh, in Blackburn Hamlet, um, you know Scotty and and Liz, you know they do uh, a great job there, and you know everybody's got to go and good uh, authentic Scottish pub, go to the Blackburn Arms and uh, and support the the good folks over there. Great place. And at the end of all that, again, hate you guys, but love you at the same time. See you next week. Just remember, just remember. Week. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. You'll never go wrong. Beautiful. What the hell did you just say? Um.